Welcome to the Delayed Gratification Podcast. Listen, today is a special episode. I got my sister, Terika Lynn Smith, the female real estate guru on here. And I am, whoo, I'm super excited. What's up, Terika? Hey, what's up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be this here. This is like a real treat. For me, too. To slow you down enough to get you to sit on this podcast. I mean, all you got to do is feed me. got to find somewhere good to take you that's it yeah somewhere good somewhere good listen can you tell us who you are um yeah so my name's Terrica Lynn Smith I'm a real estate developer out of Louisiana um I invest into multifamily I build new construction um I have a series of business so yeah just really all real estate based yes yes how did you get started? Because we got we we got to go back. Because see, I've been knowing you now for about six or seven years. Yeah, and it's, I, it's a definitely an honor. But I've seen you grow tremendously. But you were already at the top when I met you. So, um, I would say, like honestly, I got my start right after Hurricane Katrina when I went to real estate school. What was that? Two thousand five. Yeah, um, I got my license in early '06, um, and I mean, I just put my head down. It was hard getting into real estate because I didn't understand it. Like, I don't I didn't know the terminology. Um, People around me, you know, never had anything to do with real estate. Um, But whenever I was younger, I used to um, travel when I was in foster care. I used to travel from state to state selling magazines and I would not. So you were in foster care? Yeah, I was in foster care. I didn't know that. Really? I got to come back. We got to talk about that one. (laughs) Wow. That's an even bigger story. This is some Oprah type stuff. You know what (laughs) I mean? No, I was in foster care most of my life. Wow. And, um, but I had ran away. So I ran away, um, from foster care. Yeah. Oh, all the time. Like they used to call me the runaway child. Um, but when I turned 16, I ran away and I ended up on the road um, with the magazine companies, the people that come to your door and knock and try to tell you stuff. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. So um, I was one of those people. And immediately I was extremely good at it. You at know? selling. Oh, at selling. I enjoyed it. Like um, what they call is curfew, which means you have to be in by 9 p.m. So they drop you off at 9 a.m. in a neighborhood. You're there all day until 9 p.m. I'll stay till like midnight knocking on doors. I remember that they had a storm coming and one lady was like, you do know there's a storm coming. I was like, no, ma'am, I didn't. But if you go ahead and take this cell from me today, I'll get on. (laughs) I'm going to go home. Yeah, I'll go ahead. and. Were you in Louisiana? I was. Okay. Mm -hmm. But when I traveled, I was in California. Um, I was all over the world. I had been to like 40 states before I was even 18 because I was traveling so much, selling magazines. Every two weeks we would travel and be on the road. Did you get paid a lot? Well, in my mind, I thought I did um, because we would make, you know, if I sold like $3,600 worth of magazines in one week, I would get like 500 bucks. And, you know, they didn't know I was 16 because I lied. I said I was 17, but they didn't. I mean, what <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. What I didn't know was I was on the road with crackheads and all kind of people like that. Like, I didn't yeah. know that. Like, I just wanted to make some money. And um, I would ask these people, Ramon, what do you do for a living? Like, I would always ask them that, you know. The people um, that you were selling the magazines to. That's right. Okay. Go up to these big, beautiful mansions, houses i never seen in the South before. You know, I ain't even know what garages was. I remember um old white man explaining to me how it worked and me being amazed watching it go up and down. Ah, <laughs> Are you serious? Ah, yes. Like, I'd never seen that before. Wow. And so, um, you know, I ended up getting pregnant um, right at 17. Well, I had my son at 17. I got pregnant at 16. 
And then I ended up homeless for a brief period of time in New Orleans under the bridge. And um, it was at that moment I was like, yo, I don't I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to be homeless. And so um, you, were, I, you were homeless with the baby. You had already yes, had. Yes, I had my time. buddy. Yes. That's why he's so close. So when you see him with me, he's like very protective. Yes. yes. Wow. But he, he came out the womb like that, too. That's so funny. But he came out the womb like that. Uh, but you were a baby. I was. I was a baby. Wow. Yes. But you had been through a lot. I've been through a lot. By this point in time, I, I was an adult. Nobody could tell yeah. me anything. Ooh, Lord. Yeah. Nobody could tell me nothing. So you were selling magazines mm-hmm. while you were homeless? No, 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 no. So I um got pregnant okay. on the road. So you stopped? So I had to come back because it's hard traveling with a baby on the road. There's no babysitter. And like I say, from nine to nine, you working. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm leaving Tyreek with strangers. And you know what I'm saying? Like, um... I just didn't want anything to happen to him. I was sexually abused, so um, I always had, like, that fear of, I don't want nobody to hurt my baby. So um, I got off the road. Well, when I got off the road, um, I ended up going back to New Orleans. I was homeless for a little while. Um, I found a little apartment um, that I sold my food stamps for to be able to get in. You had to pay for food stamps? (laughs) No, I I know. We actually um, had the car I, I had paper food stamps as a kid. Okay. By the time I got older, we had cards. Gotcha. Um, that's funny. That's a good throwback moment right there. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I just started yeah, thinking about it. Yeah. I got a joke. Let me say this. Me and my sister thought we was going to, we needed some money. We was like, we're going to go to the store and buy some stuff. We're going to get the change. And we forgot, you know, if you pay 99 cents for something, they don't charge you taxes. And so, <laughs> so, so we got back a penny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story, though. But so, so you got your apartment. Yeah, got my apartment. End up getting pregnant again at nineteen. Okay. Um, and by this time, I'm like, I'm, I'm very poor. Like, you know, I'm living in a one bedroom. I got mm. two kids under two, um, and I'm alone. That was the biggest thing. Like, I was alone trying to figure this out. Like, you know, um, I didn't have no family. Obviously, I was in foster care, and so, um. I ended up meeting who's my husband now. He was my boyfriend. I ended up meeting him and he was having sent um, and Hurricane Katrina hit. So we mm. was together about a year right before Hurricane Katrina hit. And then um, after Hurricane Katrina, I said, I don't ever want to be trapped in the city again, waiting on the government to take care of me, to provide for me, to come save me. You know, my children had the same diaper on for two days you know, um, that's the worst feeling in the world as a mother, not being able to take care of your children. So I went on and um, I got into real estate. I mean, I remembered what they told me when I was on the road. But what made you get into real estate? So you were you were going through it. Money. But I'm saying, like, what did you get the idea? I just want to get into real estate. Like, what made you? I'm traveling on the road and going to these big old houses. Like I told you, when yeah. I said I was mesmerized by that garage, it changed my life. Like, I didn't know people lived like that. And these people would invite me into their homes. I was I grew up in a shack. Yeah. And foster care, there was no lovely group homes or foster homes. It was shacks. You know what I'm saying? People just took in foster kids to get a check. So, for me, when I saw them, I'm like, yo, these people are rich. Like, I met rich people. I sat at their house. They ate wheat bread. Like, I remember, like, yo, what is wheat bread? I didn't even know what that uh, was. Which I didn't learn about wheat bread until I got a little yeah. bit older. Too. We had that white bread that's sticking the top of yeah, your mouth. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know they had different bread. Yeah. Like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I, I'm with you on that one. So, so. it was exposure. Yeah. Like, it was the only thing I knew that I can do. Like, you know, um, I remember... Um, <clears throat> 
I remember whenever I was going door to door selling magazines and they had this white man, the one that was telling me about the garage or whatever. He told me, he said, you know, you can do real estate. Wow. I never thought I could do real estate. I wish you knew who he was. I wish you could go back. I know he was a, um, and that's really how my life been. Like there's been so many guardian angels along the way. Mm -hmm. Like at the moment, I may not recognize that they're a guardian angel, but when I look back over my life, they like, yo, how you made it through. I'm like, God just provided a lot of angels along the Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And so I got in real estate literally because I needed money and I seen all of these wealthy people that I that can buy magazines and spend three, four thousand dollars on magazines. Magazine. I'm like, I can do it. So you went to real estate school? That was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> so yeah. So I re- I remember <laughs> You just laughing. <laughs> first, yeah, first of all, I just I I didn't even know what real estate was. I didn't know it was Correct. dirt. Like, did you know that when you first got no, into when this I first started, I, I thought, thought it was the house. Yeah, I thought it was the like, building. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but yeah. you learned quickly you learned. that the only thing that matters is that land. That's it, right? Yeah. And so um I remember going and they started talking about encroachments and encumbrances, and I'm like, the hell is this i just want to buy and sell a house i want to sell a house <laughs> they teach me nothing about selling yeah. a house right i had to learn all of these laws well i'm not the best test taker gotcha. ever okay i just know that about myself right and um i failed exams seven times like i would go i would be the state crying. test both the, the class test and the state the test. national and the state Gotcha. Oh, the class test, I felt like huh, they just kept giving it to me. <laughs> like, go back. <laughs> You're almost there. Go back again. And go finish yeah, it. Yeah, go back. Like, they didn't, like, in Louisiana, you don't have, a, a like, a um, time limit on the course at the school. Okay. It's with the PSI exam. You have the time limit of when you can go back and take it. But, no, he like, I remember Burks and, and bless his heart, he passed away. But he would be like, you're almost there. You got it. You got it. Somebody else pushing you. Pushing me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean. So, so you got your license. Mm-hmm. How did that go for you? Like, did you sell a bunch of houses? Bro, I thought I was about to be rich, okay? I just knew this piece of paper was about to take me to another As soon level. as you got it. As soon as I got it. Like, I'm telling you, I thought it was the <laughs> money, okay? Nobody told me no different, okay? I got my chest poked out. I went to Goodwill, bro. I got the best of the best. I'm talking about the clothes that so still you went had where? Goodwill. <laughs> that still had the tags on it, okay? The good Goodwill. The good, good well. Yes. And I remember going to this brokerage. It was the largest in the area. And look at me, the audacity to think that this large brokerage would want me. And I remember going to reach out to um, the guy. I'm not going to say his name. I remember his name very well. Um, but I remember going to reach out to shake his hand, and he pulled his hand back like that. What do you mean? Like he didn't want to touch you? He did not want to shake my hand. You know why? He hadn't seen no rich chocolate like that before. Well, at this time, the only thing that was rich about me probably was the chocolate I probably had on me. I ain't have nothing (laughs) else beyond that. Wow. And um, he just, you know, um, I remember him looking me up and down and he said, I don't think you're going to be a good fit for our company. Because of the, because of. I believe it's um, because of, at that time, they didn't have any black agents at their brokerage. At all? No. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. No, I later found out they had one agent, but she, I didn't know she was black. Like when I looked at her with oh, these two eyeballs, she didn't pass the test. No, 
I was like, what? <laughs> Is she? She almost like the um, what's the the um, the what's le- her name? The lady that passed for. Um, Megan, is that her name? The princess, or what is she now? Yeah, the, um, I know you're talking about. Yeah, the the, the, the prince of yes, and, yeah, yes, I got you. Them, right, like okay. she looked like her. Okay, but you couldn't tell unless Somebody she told, told you. you. Yeah, gotcha. And so, um, so yeah, I remember walking out of there, and I was so upset. I was like, you know, I don't want the goodwill. I got my best outfit, and they didn't turn me down. And I got my husband. And my two kids in the car, you know, our little raggedy Mustang. And I remember um, Albert saying, what are you crying for? You done been through worse. Mm. And I just wiped my face, you know, put on my big girl pants, went, and then I went to another brokerage. But what I didn't know was that this first broker put fear in me, Ramon, that nobody would want me. And because I was already abandoned as a child, those issues kept coming up. So I had to fight these issues along the way of abandonment. It's like you had some support right there in the car. I did, but I still had abandonment issues. It took forever for me to be able to love my husband the way that he needed to be loved because I had too many trust issues. You know what I'm saying? So um, long story short, I ended up at Century 21. And um, I made a whopping $5,000 that first year. Did you? I mean, a whopping five thousand. Five thousand, bro. I was like, yo, I could have, I could have made more than this at, you know, <laughs> McDonald's, Chick Fil A. Somebody pay me more, you know. Um, but I realized very early on that everybody was doing the same thing, and I've always been a forward thinker. Like I've always been a forward thinker, and I'm like, well, what if I do this? It may not work, but it's okay. But what if I do it? What was that though? What? What if I just focus on investors? Hmm. What if I don't worry about people that's trying to sell their home? What if I don't worry about working with bots that's trying to get pre-approved? What if I just work with investors, people who I know have money? Yes. But I had to find them. So, so let me let me back up now. So you made five thousand the mm-hmm. first year, but you knew something had to change. Something had to change. Did your broker help you? No. No broker no. help. No. You had to figure this out on your own. That's right. And let me tell you, so funny story, <laughs> talk about broker help, right? I was so determined that I went back to my roots. What I told you I did as a teenager. So Door knocking. I started door knocking. Mm. You know, hi, my name is Terrica Lynn Smith. I'm with um, blah, 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 real estate. Like, you know what I'm saying? I went back to my natural instinct. And these people be like, we've never had nobody come to our yeah. door before, Right. Well, that was my footing to be able to get that. But guess what happened? When I went out and made that $5,000, the contract that I wrote was completely wrong. Okay? He, your, he didn't teach me how to fill out on, the contract. On the first deal. On the first deal. So he had the audacity to say, why would you put this here? I said, I'd rather put it here and you help me fix it yes. than me miss out on the deal. Yeah. So this so is then, their job, to review your contracts. To, that's, that's what they're getting that cut for. To walk me through. Yeah. Was he getting a cut or you 100%? No, come on now. They didn't have no 100% back in the day. That just came, what, six, seven Ten years, years ago? ago? Yeah, that's new, right? Them brokers was eating good. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. talking plump, okay? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, no, he no, he um, did not. But I'll tell you one thing. When I brought that contract back and it was filled out all kind of wrong, he surely took the time to sit there and help me correct it and amend it and then go get it fixed But right. you know what you did? You did what most people won't do. They won't go ahead and take the action. We can fix That's the right. mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, for what we do, most people sit back and analyze everything that we say. 
Oh no, nah, this might happen. Oh no, nah, what about if I only get this return? Mm-hmm. Oh no, nah. and they just never take action. That's right. You took action. Yes. That's why you are where you are right well, now. Well, and I tell people, you know, they like, well, how did you know what to do? I didn't. I just did it, dumb and scared. I just did it. Ooh, dumb and scared. Dumb and scared. I mean, I don't care what nobody say. Like I didn't know what I didn't know. Like you know what I'm saying? They're like, don't call yourself dumb. No, that's what I was at the time. Yeah. That's what I was at the time of not knowing. Now I'm I'm super smart, right? But I didn't start there. But because I refused to stay where I was, I just did it how I no, I naturally was, and it worked. So now you move into working with investors. You door knocking. Mm-hmm. You getting real aggressive. Mm-hmm. That five thousand did not work. No, I became the top producing agent next year, and the rest is history. The next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I got the um their um little emblems, the emeralds and all type of stuff. <laughs> you know, I was like there. I was like Mike Epps whenever he say put me on the Bentley like that. <laughs> I was like a hey, black girl, put me on your poster like that. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Um, because it wasn't a lot of black women doing what we were doing. There's a lot of successful black women in real estate now. Um, but there wasn't at the time yes. that I got in, you know, so. But then you worked really hard, though. That's right. Put a lot of work in. That's right. Twice as hard. I would stay twice as long. I would do anything somebody did once, I would do it two to three times over. Wow. And I never complained. I just did it. I kept my head down. That's how come I missed a lot. You know, um, I missed a lot in life during that time in regards to social. Yes. Because I kept my head down for so long. Like, my head really is just coming up in these past three years. I'm just getting out. People be like, yo, T don't go to parties. She don't go to networking things. She don't really talk to people. It's not that I'm being rude. I just been taught whatever I do, I got to do it three times more. Mm. I can't just be ordinary. So you you missed some things in order to get to where you are I right now. I missed a lot of things. Did you really miss them? Yeah, I did. Like, you know, um, not not so much of, like, you know, um, parties or anything like that. I'm talking like, you know, um, chaperone moments with my children. Got you. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've never been a chaperone, mm. you know, um, and I've always wanted to. So now I got my 10-year-old and I'm all up his butt, you know. I'm like, mom of the year, what we're we doing, you know, where are we going? You know, he like, mom, you know, chill. You know, that's, that's a very tough position to be in, um, and I can say, you know, I had to choose some things. Mm-hmm. We talk about it now, and I don't really call it a sacrifice, but I didn't want to miss a field trip, so I probably did miss some money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I always felt like I, not, I cannot work mm-hmm. being up, staying up late. And some things I know, I guess, you know, didn't happen mm-hmm. because I said, you know what, I'm going to take this week off and go and go on this field trip. Mm-hmm. But I did. I felt it. You know yeah. what I mean? I felt the financial crunches I felt. And it was just like, I don't want to yeah. miss it because like now I look at them and I got a 21 year old and it's mm-hmm. like, dang, I'm so glad I was able to mm-hmm. X because now it's things that happen with us. You know, the discipline stuff mm-hmm. that I was able to do. She says now, like, I'm glad you did that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I embarrassed her one day. <laughs> I walked the whole school, made her walk to class. I walked <laughs> every class, but I wanted to have that, which is why I love real estate. It mm-hmm. gave me the opportunity to still kind of hang in there. So I got you though, but there's some sacrifices yeah. that we all have to make to, and, to and get you know where we need to go. You know what's funny, Ramon? I don't regret it. Yeah. yeah. I don't regret it. Like I don't regret not one moment of it. Um, and if I had the choice to do it again, I probably would do it a lot sooner. Um, than what I've been able to do. Um, I looked at it like, you know, um, 
yeah, I may have not been on that field trip, you know, with my son and or with my daughter. Um, but when I look at their lives right now, they have so many options. They don't even know what to do with themselves. But you did something because I see how close y'all are. So you might not go on the field trip or something. Oh, I've something always made them the, priority. Something the love and the, when right. they got home, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, oodles and noodles. That's or, right. Because you can tell. Like, mm-hmm. when you see y'all together, mm-hmm. it's like, man, they got handcuffed. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Your husband, like, yes. really, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, in la-la land, mm-hmm. smiling. The kids are. And so that's, yeah. we have to figure out ways to create that because, for me, that's most important. I made them a part of my process. You yeah. know, like, you know, we wasn't going to the zoo. We was going to a property. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So our moments are in these in these bricks, you know. It's not so much into the classrooms, you know. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I missed a lot, you know. Um, and now with my son, I'm able to enjoy a lot more with the baby boy than I was with the older ones. But the older ones, you know, um, they have estate plans. Hey, listen. Give me that over. <laughs> my mama went to the Nutcracker yeah. with me. <laughs> I didn't want to be at the yeah. Nutcracker. You know what I mean? They don't even remember it. Like that's funny, but they don't even. I'm gonna remember, remember that. I'm gonna remember that name on that sign. So, you, agent of the year, the following year, you just took off, right? Mm-hmm. How did you start to develop? Because I, I, I got so many mm-hmm. questions for you. Like I'm, yeah. it's some things that you don't know that I don't know that mm-hmm. I really want to know mm-hmm. that I'm gonna ask yeah. today. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So how did you get from being an agent to a developer? That's such a good question. So, um, like I said, I work with investors mm-hmm. and investors are always finding ways to create income. Yes. That's just what they do. And so um, I started as an investor. The second part was I left being an investor and then I became a builder. But I'm still an investor because yes. I'm investing into the new construction. But I would build these new construction homes in older neighborhoods just to see if I can do it. And I was like, well, I'm pretty good at this. So okay. you were managing? You was GC? Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. So, well, so this is how it works. I would partner with my, like my partner now is the general contractor, right? I will partner with the general contractor but I would do what I normally do. Okay. Like they have the piece of paper, if that makes sense. Gotcha. But the subs and all of those. You manage it all. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I was like, yeah, we did really good here. So then, all right, boom. So then I was like, um, an opportunity came up where one of my investors was like, yo, there's this piece of land that they just want to give away at a dirt cheap price and we can develop it. We could build like five or six homes on it. I was like, okay. oh, yeah, let's do it, right? And so there's like, well, we want you to lead everything. You go to all the planning and zoning meetings. You deal with the civil. You deal with the um, architects. You deal with, you know, the um, all of it, the, the whole, whole process. entire. The You're whole the developer process and the GC and the investor. Everything. Gotcha. And I'm giddy. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? Well, what happened was those, I had two partners. They were very close. Well, come to find out. They had some type of swinging situation going on with their spouses. Oh. And it made the partnership go south. So the partner who I was closer with called me and said, hey, look, I'm backing out of this deal. I'm not going to do they it. They had money in it or just your money? No, they had money in it, oh, too. they had money in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, they pulling the plugs and everything. Now, at this time, I was not able to, like, fund a whole development by myself. Um, and so the other investor, he became very 
evil and end up taking the whole entire development from me after all the work I did. All I mean, that paperwork, I got all that running down to the county and city. I mean, I even waived my commission. When they bought, when you guys mm -hmm. bought it. Mm -hmm. And I got nothing from it. And um, I got nothing from it financially, but I got everything from it, education. Yes. Like I learned so much. You know, um, number one, um, when I develop, you're going to come to that my table. Because you're not going to take it from me again. Yes. Right? Um, unless, like right now, we're about to um, buy some hotels. Well, that's a little bit different because the partner who I'm doing this with, his family is five generations of hotel owners. They're good operators and they got the experience. They got the I'm not over. I don't know nothing about that. Gotcha. But what I do know is numbers. Those numbers look good to me. <laughs> so I'm I'm in, you know. But when it comes to residential, multifamily, mm. mixed use, and commercial, I understand that part. So, um, you know, the second development I did, you know, um, we did like 14 homes in it. I sold it out completely. Um, and then I was like, what's next? Like, I always say, ready what's next? now. Yeah, because I'm a forward thinker. Yes. What's next? Right. So then we ended up um, doing, um, you know, like I don't know, maybe thirty homes in this community, and it was like if you can do 30, Were they all new construction or something, all new, all new construction. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, if you can do thirty new homes in another developer's development where you're buying the lots from him, yes, then you can do the exact same thing. So then I said, okay, so there's a property. That I've been watching for 10 years because now, mm -mm, oh, then, then, okay, that I was supposed to be the agent for where they was going to give me all of the business because it was on a black side of town where they needed a black face. And again, like Mike Epps on the Bentley, <laughs> you put your girl on up, up there. I'm going to smile. Okay. Yes. And, um, and so, um, when I tell you this was the hardest transaction of my career to get. It was literally the hardest. I had to fight with banks trying to steal the deal. I had to fight with um, community leaders trying to steal the deal mm. from me. I had to fight with so many people over this property that it sat dormant for 10 years. Nobody even But then when it. you decided you wanted it, everybody came out of the woods. Thank you. So I'm Why like, though? Why do you think? Um, do you think the time was changing? It got more value over that 10 years? What yeah, was it that so made it? What happened was Donald Trump created Opportunity Zones yes. and everybody went crazy. Everybody wanted Opportunity Zones. And this property was in a prime location opportunity for our Opportunity Zone project. What's the Opportunity Zone? I mean, I know so, people read about it, but mm -hmm. what is it? Yeah. So uh, Opportunity Zone is um, areas around the United States um, that they consider rural areas um, that have not received investment capitals in decades. Mm. And so you get tax benefits, you know, um, for investing into these businesses that are in um, Opportunity Zones and are, you know, developments. So it depends on the type of company it is. So what happens is if you have capital gains taxes, right, you can use that capital gains to put into an opportunity fund. Okay. The opportunity fund is a bank account. That fund allows you to go and invest that money into an opportunity zone 
which is it can be raw land, it can be multifamily, or it can be a business like right. a grocery store or a technology store. Like um, one of the big players in our area is the hospital, you know, um, they did a lot of medical stuff in the mm-hmm. opportunity zone. Well, imagine all of the capital gain taxes now, not just going to the federal government, they're going back into the, into the community. So that's what it's for is to create basically more opportunities. Yes. But a lot of people it's like, Oh, they're gentrifying. And the truth of the matter is, yes, some people did use it to gentrify, but you got some people like me who went in and created affordable housing, true affordable housing with no subsidized, mm. meaning no government help. The government didn't give me $1. They just gave me this vehicle to say, yo, Take this car and drive it over here. And I said, all right, cool, bet. Put all you the know gas in and everything. Service it. it up. That's it. You know, um, and so what the cool thing about an opportunity um, fund is that you can invest into multiple projects around the world. Mm-hmm. And whenever we finish, like, with our development, we close it out. All of the funds we have there, if we hold it for 10 years, which is why we build a multifamily yes. over there. Well, after 10 years, the taxes are gone. So the money that I would have had to pay in taxes, I'm invested over here now. So I don't have to pay the taxes, but I have ownership and some income. That's right. And you only pay taxes on your capital gains when you pull out the opportunity fund before the 10 years. But mm. the cool thing about an opportunity fund, um, the opportunity zone initiative was that it um, decreases over a period of time. So after five years, it decreased. And after seven years, it decreased. And after 10 years, they wipe it away. Wow. That was a beautiful feeling for us. Is it still available? So, um, 2023, no, no. It's over. Yeah, so, um, yeah, 2023, I believe, is um, was the final year for the 10-year period. So you would have had to get in, you know, almost 10 years ago to be able to get So there are no more opportunity zones? Well, they have opportunity zones. You don't get the benefits of them. Got you. Now, again, depending on, you know, the president, if they – reinstate the program because it haven't been reinstated yet if they reinstate the program then yes why don't why wouldn't they reinstate the program what do you think like what because it seems like it's all good well because um there's some political parties that believe that this is tax evasion okay (laughs) you know for the rich okay um which the truth of the matter is the wealthy do have capital gains not the poor. Yes. So I can understand the argument. Um, but there are, you know, um, leaders who do believe in communities, who do want to see true revitalization, who will put the money back the way that it's supposed to. But because majority are, um, you know, these these larger companies. Mm-hmm. You they don't figure out a way to not pay them anyway, in my opinion. Well, I mean, and that's why they have, you know, all of these um, tax advisors on their team. Yes. I mean, that's their only job is to find the vehicles in that big old book of tax code <laughs> that they have, you know. So before the Opportunity Zone, what other money was being pumped into these kind of desert-like communities? Like, was there any other, is there anything that compares to the Opportunity Funds and Zones? Gentrification. Gentrification? Something wrong with that? So what happens is, you know, you said what happened to these areas? I mean, was there anything like was the government, because it seemed like this was a government initiative. Mm -hmm. Was there any other government initiative that could compare to the Opportunity Zones? Tax credits. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the tax credit initiative, I mean, you got to have somebody on your team. Like we're bringing in um, a tax credit expert on our team because that's a whole nother law within itself. Mm -hmm. But there's investors, real estate investors who only purchase tax credits. Gotcha. That's it. You know, um, and so those tax credits can be purchased through the government um, funding that mm. is issued for affordable housing, subsidized, and all of those type of initiatives. So um, we have what's called the um, Louisiana um, Housing Tax Credit. Okay. Well, um, the Low Income Tax Credit, LITC. Well, what 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 does um, LIT mean? Well, that's for investors who understand how to use those tax credits um, to defer further taxes that they currently have right now. So it's just, it's a matter of getting the right people on the team to understand that. So before opportunity zones, they had the, um, tax credits, they have the 1031 exchange. So that um, when they say LIHTC, mm -hmm. okay, got you. Mm -hmm. gotcha. They had, um, what else? But gentrification was the big one, right? Like you would get these big hedge fund companies come in and buy up all of the real estate. Literally just buy it in the masses. And you know this, Ramon. You know, you're just sitting there like, Smile. you already know this, right? So and I got a different take on gentrification, though. But yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. I, so, um, so, well, and you haven't heard my take. I'm telling you, you asking me questions yeah. and I'm telling you what's taking place, right? And so whenever they come in and they buy up all of these large parcels of yes. lands, it's only because the community has squeezed that area dry. Mm. They have removed all of the resources. There's no schools, there's no banks, there's no grocery stores, there's no health care. So people cannot continue to thrive in the area where you don't have, you know, the main necessities of right. living. Especially when you're talking about an average income of less than $15,000. These people don't even have cars. So what they do, they take away the bus routes. They really kill it. So then what you have there? Crime. Okay. Right. So then everybody like, oh, the government need to do something. Then the government put their capes on. Da -dun, da -dun. I am here. I have a solution. We have ABC Corporation coming in to buy all of this and they're going to create affordable housing for everyone. Mm. And then the tax credits come out and all the investors make a ton of money. And then they keep everybody in that community satisfied because guess what they did? They saved us. <laughs> they mm. saved us. So, so you are really great at this community development developer. Um, okay. No, you're great. And we're, we're not even gonna let you play that down. So why or when are we going to be that big company, the ABC that buys the whole community and does the development to gentrify a neighborhood? Mm -hmm. And I want to hear your take on gentrification, but tell me why has there not been a lot of smaller companies that came together to do just that? Because people um, lack financial literacy, right? I believe you can do more with more. Yes. Um, and so when I say lack financial literacy, it's literally people thinking you're going to do something with their money or you're going to steal from them or it's high risk or whatever the case may be. I won't even take $50 from nobody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I had somebody offer me a million dollars, um, a few months ago here in Atlanta saying, Hey, I want to give you a million dollars. I want you to go invest it for me. Right. Um, and I think we have to be very careful of how we receive money from people. Yes. Okay. Um, not all money is good money. 
Um, but I would also say that it's a lack of knowledge. People truly don't understand how powerful we can become together with the right resources and the right game plan. Don't give me a million dollars because you know I'm in real estate. Give me a million dollars because I have this project and this project makes sense. And then you want to invest into this project. But you've made it look so easy. So I, mm -hmm. I saw maybe six months ago. We had an event here in Atlanta. You had a group up, and you, like, bought an apartment complex in, like, 15 minutes. Like, I got 60 units. Let's go. Right? Yeah. How have you been able to – because you're educating us. I'm learning mm -hmm. a lot from you. Mm -hmm. Right? I watch. I learn. We talk. Mm -hmm. What has made the difference in how you're making it not look easy, but you're making it appear easier to bring folks together and to make it work? Tackling their mindset. You know, um, being in the right rooms, you know, um, and people really seeing like, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about real estate investing, but they never show their portfolios. And so for me, I'm an open book. Number one, you can Google me and find out what I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really open. The second thing is, you know, um, if I'm bringing an opportunity to people, it's because I understand that mentally they understand the yes. scope of this investment and I don't have to beat them for it. The other thing is I can buy whatever I offer. So if they don't want it, you buy it anyway, I'm going to buy it anyway. Right. Um, and I let them know that, like, I don't need your money, but if you want to come in on this deal, then come on. That's like, you know, everybody that participated in that um, two block deal that I um, bought, you would have been a fool not to. I should have listened to David and just kept it for us. <laughs> no, you, you know what, though? You know why you continue to be blessed, though? You continue yeah. to bless folks. Yeah. And you allow people to come in on something that you could have kept to yourself. Right. But. You keep getting more opportunities. That's, That's right. why, though, because you keep you continue to allow us to grow with you. You continue to allow mm -hmm. folks that haven't started mm -hmm. to start. Yeah. Without such a big learning curve. Yeah. And that's a that's a true blessing. Yeah. All those investors have received dividends. Like that's the beautiful thing. Right. So like a lot of the times when you're doing these multifamily developments, mm -hmm. you know, um, it takes two, three years to stabilize these investments. You I know, know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was crying this morning. <laughs> but again, that's that's a part of learning, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a part of, and then being humble enough to say, you know what? Terika got a different route. I'm going to go over there and learn from her. Because a lot of people are afraid to say, you know what? I'm learning from Terika. Yeah. I sit back and tell yeah. people all the time, hey, look, you know, I show you. Somebody walk mm -hmm. up to you in Atlanta and, like, you know, Take a picture with you. Like Ramon told me to take a picture with you. But that's you. what I've always loved about you, Ramon. You've never, and and I learned from you as well. Like, let's just be frank, right? Um, but you've never been one who was a crab in a barrel. You've always been one that supported. You've always been one to bring people on whatever platform that you have and say, hey, look, I want you guys to share the information and knowledge you have. It's some people who really just think that there's a limited amount of people and they got to have them all. And I don't think no, like that. Me either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even think like that. And so um, I think that's why I've been able to establish such a great relationship with you and other um, investors, it's because of the simple fact I work with like-minded investors and or I try my best to, you know, um, if it makes sense. If it don't make sense, I won't do it. But at the end of the day, you know, um, I try my best to duplicate myself into others. And I also take what others bring and, you know, add that value as well. Yeah. So um, raising money is not hard at all for me. 
Um, the mere fact, like I said, somebody just gave offered me a million dollars a few months ago. Like money is really so. Easy. What do you so again? You you have a very good track record. Mm -hmm. You do what you say you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. You do this business. A lot of people that and I'm and I'm not knocking anybody, yeah. but they they're not doers. Mm -hmm. They can teach. Mm -hmm. You do, and we learn because you do. Right. right, and that separates you. That takes you to. But a, I was a, never a teacher. I just I was a doer. You're a doer. Remember? I just kept my yeah, head down. So I recently lifted it up, and you know, I I'm see glad you. though. I see you out. <laughs> see you with dresses on and everything. You I know mean. what I'm saying? I've been working really hard to be in a dress. I even got makeup on today for you. I did that for you. Oh, I didn't know you always so beautiful. Anyway, well, they, no, I put something extra on my eyes today. All right. So listen, I, I got to go back to. 60 units mm -hmm. and what's next and i know you're always i mean i saw you in this video and you had like you had like a stack of your tax bills i was gonna call your son <laughs> like can you slide one of mine in there for me right <laughs> right just one i just need one paid right but you continue to buy mm -hmm. are you continuing to build partnerships or are you focusing on your company how does what does that look like yeah, no. So um, I um, I love partnerships. I love partnerships. Um, so what happens after the 60 units? The 60 units was actually a small deal. Um, the one that I'm working on right now um, is probably going to bring in almost $600,000 a month. Ooh, yeah, I love that. 7.2 yeah. a year. <laughs> Ooh, is that net or no. gross? Uh, gross. Okay. Um, so Ned will be walking away um, with a few million a year. Um, That's beautiful. But the 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 and I can't talk too much on this because we're still in the middle of it. Gotcha. But it is um, one of the largest portfolios that have become available. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Can I walk it with you? Yeah, absolutely. All right, just let me know. Absolutely. I mean, I'll pull up with the food and the coffee. You know what I'm You know, saying? I don't mind being Mr. Uh, Mr. Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind being the new Jeff. Have you seen yeah. the new Bel Air? <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't mind being the new Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> so so you continue to buy more, buy more. Are you buying income? Are you buying, like, only multifamily? Or are you buying large plots of land to develop? What What's kind of like, what are we, should no, we be looking for? income. By income. Yeah. So long as you stay focused on income, you won't just put yourself in like this small net. Um, like I said, like I'm investing into a hotel business um, with some friends, five generation family that's been doing this. Um, it's going to bring um, a few hundred thousand dollars a year on that. You know, um, I enjoyed the game of finding like I, I want to know what it's like to make a million passive a month and so i'm really on that kick like you know it's a, they said you were already doing that are you holding back on us no i'm not doing that i make a quarter million on my passive oh say that again <laughs> <laughs> that is such a that is yeah. so beautiful though yeah, that yeah. Is. i'm not i'm not there yet um i would love to be there um i heard floyd about to do 300, 300 million, million a month a month you know what I'm I saying? I just want to see what that portfolio looks like to do $300 million I don't think it's a, a portfolio. I think it's something in tech. Oh. And gambling. They said it was something with real estate. So well, maybe a combination of Yeah, stuff. so when when Floyd told me about it yeah. on um, my event, it was a app of okay. some sort that ties into real estate and okay. other components. I just don't know what these components are. You know what's crazy though? We like, man, I want to see somebody do three hundred million dollars a month. 
And there's a lot of people that make $100 million a month. I mean, not mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of people, but there's yeah. a lot of people Probably that make. 30. <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine? Now, Saudi Arabia people, their income is not reported, just for the record. It's not. It's not. You know, you know I'm going to say this. The other day, I was watching, and two of them were bidding. They were young. Mm-hmm. And one of them, they didn't know they were bidding against each other. So it's like me and you bidding on a property, but we're on this site and we're bidding. Mm-hmm. And then I win it and I call you. I'm excited. Man, Tarika, look what I just. And you like, I was the one you were bidding against. He paid $450 million for a painting. Mm-hmm. For a painting. So that, And that's only one of his. It tells you how deep they go. That's deep. Because mm-hmm. in order to spend $450, you are not spending your last. And they mm-hmm. were smiling. Mm-hmm. So it's no. I was sitting at a table in Dubai, and they said, "Yeah, um, you know, some of our Russian friends they're spending um, three hundred million dirhams in cash on these deals." So I'm like, three hundred million dirhams." It's what like, is a dirham compared to a dollar? Three point six three, three point five. Like, so you mean to tell me they just dropping forty, fifty million dollars without a bank, and they have to. Cause it's too much. They have too much money. Got you. Got you. Well, I mean, that's that's about where you are. <laughs> Praise God, I receive all of that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm Prophesied. glad we're friends, though. Cause I manifest you know. that over me. I manifest that over you too. Okay, <laughs> I manifest that over you too. So bigger developments. Mm-hmm. Are you still going to be doing some of the smaller multifamily? Yeah, so, you know, um, I think Magic said it best. You know, the same amount of time it takes to make a dollar is the same amount of time it takes to make a million. Mm. So, for me, I'm not interested in anything small unless God said, I need you to do this. You know, um, and it got to be very clear. Um, I am not interested, you know, um, and it's going to sound horrible, but I'm not interested in making, you know, five ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month on a deal. I feel you. I feel you. But... You do have students and people that you're teaching. Yeah, they can have them. They can have them? Yeah. So what do you do with them? Now, we're going to talk about this all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't mind being a student. (laughs) So, again, larger developments. Is it scary? Um, Are you doing it smart and scary now? Like you're still doing it. Yeah, so I would say this. Um, I learned a long time ago um, that I would rather, you know, um, like do everything I possibly can to change the trajectory of my life than not do anything at all. And so anytime I do anything, I'm like, do it scare me? And I'd be like, no, it don't. And then you'd be like, okay, it's not big enough. Mm. Then I do something bigger. Like what I'm working on right now. And I'm like, do this scare me. And I'm like, yeah. But are you still gonna do it? Yeah. Well, you gonna wh- how you gonna I don't know, but I'm still gonna do it. So, you know, developments, not so much. I mean, horizontal, vertical, I mean, none of that really changed. The part that gets to be a little intimidating, um, if I'm just being honest, is going into new territories, not knowing anyone, being a new kid on a block and not knowing your blind spots. Mm. Those are the parts that are intimidating for me. Um, it don't stop me. It's just, I'm aware of but it. But you got a great team though. And it's I growing. I do have a great team. I do have a great team, but you know, um, there's still weaknesses, even with a great team, yes. 
you know, um, and for me, you know, my blind spots are very, 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 very important to me because I don't like blind spots. And so, um, some, no development to me is scary. There are some opportunities that I invest into that makes me say, you know, I swallow a, a bit harder. Gotcha. A gotcha. bit harder. Like Dubai. It makes me swallow a bit harder. Well, you know what, though? You said something. It's only the dollar amount that's different. Yeah, it's not so much it's the political dollar amount stuff. for me. Yeah, it's that. Like, cultural. It's yes. cultural and political. Gotcha. That's it. And those are blind spots that I don't know. So I'm never afraid to invest a dollar. Gotcha. Because I understand how money works. My mind don't even think about that. The blind spots are who are the players that make the decision that can punch me in the face while looking me in the face. Those are the things that make my stomach. And see, a lot of the time, jump. I'm sure, it, see, like here, we can call somebody and say, you know, such and such, that deal. Mm-hmm. But when you jumped across the water and I saw you looking at that model, I'm like, mm-hmm. she gone. She had a whole nother level. But that <laughs> political and cultural stuff plays a huge part in that. Oh, even now. Yes, absolutely. Even now. What do you think, culturally, what did you experience? Um... Was it a woman thing? Is it is it a racial culture? Or is it a woman man type culture barrier? Um, it's not so much. It's a money culture okay. out there, meaning that, like I said, when you got Russians and Saudi Arabia people, that's just gonna give you forty, fifty million dollars in cash. That's a different look yeah. than you know an American coming in. You know, um, that's gonna have different you know forms of financing and funding, you know, than what they're accustomed to. Um, But what I love about Dubai is I don't feel like there's no racism there Mm -hmm. because they all love money. Like they all, they all love money there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, What I did notice though, was that they don't like poor people like Mm. at all. Like, you know, um, they don't really rock with you if you're poor. Oh, they just, it's just, so it's a class ism what do you call it the difference is in the class and the money that's it and so based off of who you know is how you get in rooms you don't know nobody you ain't rocking with nobody you ain't getting in the room it's the same here but it's a little bit different because dubai is all about money oh it's all about money like i don't really feel relationships now like you know what i'm saying i got the money i don't have it that's it we got to go get it. That's it. And so like for me, like the reason why I'm having a hard barrier in Dubai is because I am a strong and I love being strong. I would never apologize for being strong. And when I say strong, that don't mean I can pick up the heaviest thing in the world. It means I can handle Mm -hmm. a lot more of the, the, um, rejections and the, you know, the, um, talking down and you know, like, I can handle a lot more of that. Like my feelings don't get hurt. Gotcha. Like I'm not about to cry because you know, you got to say something to make you feel like you're this inferior man. Like, I don't care about that. If- but did you experience a lot of that though, from woman to man? Are there a lot of women doing business over there? Mm. Right, so, so you already kind of, yeah, no men, are definitely the leaders there. Okay. I mean, women just got their rights, what, a few years ago. And that's, and that's yeah. what I'm asking. So there is yeah. a difference. So they, yeah. so you are like, whoa. Like, I'm, I'm black? Yes. That's whoa. I don't know how to, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm <laughs> I'm not like soft, gently spoken, right? Okay. I'm a real country gal. So that right there within itself. And then the other thing is this. I have knowledge. 
Mm. So you can't easily take over me. So what does that mean? I'm not here to be dominant with you. I'm here to be a business partner with you. But what happens is they, if you don't know what you don't know, you can easily get a haircut. But because I can challenge the numbers that they give me, I can challenge the things that they're telling me. I can challenge a lot of the stuff that most people wouldn't be able to. They just don't know. It's like, yo, where she come from? Like they asked me that, where you come from? So is it to do business there or bring capital here and do business here? Is it is your goal to go over there and build more? I want to be international. So I want to have a private island um, that I own. When are we getting that? <laughs> Come on, let's put a date on it. I mean, I, So actually, it was supposed to be last year. Okay. Um, in fact, last night I was looking at islands for sale. The Again, the problem with islands is blind spots. Mm. Um, and so um, some of these countries, you can sneeze and they take your property. So you got to be careful with that. Yes. And so it's a matter of me becoming more knowledgeable in the ownership of an island. But I believe I can develop an island. We're going to be and, right there with you. Yes. And I believe it's going to be an island where um, it's exclusive for masterminds and things like that. So listen, when you're flying in, can you have like this large water thing cut out with a T? <laughs> and so when, you know, I can flex a little bit. I can be like, that's tooks. Yeah. When you're not around. <laughs> hey, yeah. we got to get that some you kind of way. You know what I'm way. saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do whatever we want. Yeah. When I it's love, your island. Here's the thing, though, that I see you doing, you're doing, and it, like you're, I want to say giving hope. Mm -hmm. You're inspiring people. Because even talking about owning the island, I remember when I was a kid, I used to get the Rob Report. Mm -hmm. that magazine that mm -hmm. had, you can buy, and we was like, you can really buy an island? Mm -hmm. This is crazy, because the only island we knew about was Fantasy Island, mm -hmm. like, on TV. Mm -hmm. And so it is now, we can talk about, without flinching, mm -hmm. building a hotel, mm -hmm. owning an island, because it's so doable, and we're right here together. This That's is, right. You make it seem more possible, because you are down to earth. You are who you are. You're real. Thank and you. I appreciate that. Thank you. So where are we going next? What's next? So what's next? What's next? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what you got coming up next? Like, you know, retirement. What, retirement at forty. I got three years left. I got a good three. At forty. Yeah. When you retire, what does that mean? I'm still gonna buy companies and income, but I'm just I'm gonna you know be retired. What is that? I want to hear. I want to see what that looks like. You sit. So you're you're not gonna be as active anymore. No, nah, me and my husband are gonna live in Amsterdam for six months out the year. We're gonna okay. travel the world, um, drink a lot of wine, eat a lot of cheese, meet a lot of different foreign people, and experience cultures we never could have imagined. So you know, I'm gonna pop up with like deals like hey listen y'all where okay we're gonna be right you know me yeah, and absolutely we're gonna just all pull yeah, up you like, know? i'm not gonna start buying income i'm just not gonna be as active as gotcha. i am like gotcha. i want to pass the baton to my children um and i want them to be able to run everything do they want it my daughter um let me say this right now do they want it my kids want money okay and it seemed like that's what this generation care about yeah. it ain't so much of the legacy of the the real estate portfolio that i built it's money so because they see money, they want they in. Want it. You know, if they didn't see no money, they'd be like, yo, I'm not interested in that. But but so, you know, I, you know, we both got kids that are mm -hmm. the same age group. Do you think they will want to work 
like you're working on where your systems make it easier for them? Yeah, so um, they have the option to, you know, um, run how I run. Yes. Um, the reason why I run how I run is because um, I like to make sure that things are what they're supposed to be. Right. Um, but by the time we pass the baton on to the children, they'll have, you know, hopefully a trustworthy PM that can oversee everything and make sure everything flows the way that it's supposed to. I like that because, you know, a lot, I think one of the biggest fears of the hardworking generation is the next generation got it kind of easy and mm -hmm. they may not want it. So they don't pay as much attention as you because mm -hmm. you're not missing one penny. Mm -mm. Right. Do they miss that one penny and then that one penny turns into 10 million and 20 million and you know what I mean? So putting the right systems in place. So I, I ask myself the same question. Do my kids want this? Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll figure but it out. But if they don't, you just, you know, at the end of the day, they legacy have to be what they want their legacy Correct. to be, not what mine is. Mine's is mine's for me was to build, you know, um, the largest family trust my family has ever seen. And I've been doing that for 18 years. Um, for my children, you know, they may have a different plan than what I have. You know, um, the beautiful thing is um, we can sell off all of this. They can go and invest however they want, do whatever they want, and then from there make their own life choices. You know, um, but you did your job. I did my job. I passed on the knowledge, which is way more valuable than the money that they would receive from me. So if they was to ever hit rock bottom by the investments that they made, at least they have the knowledge to be able to start over. They shouldn't hit rock bottom, but if they did, they have the knowledge. They, it's, they can't hit rock bottom the way it's set up. Yeah. I, I can look at them and tell you there ain't no rock yeah. bottom. Yeah, that turn ain't going to let it happen either. <laughs> <laughs> tell them to call Uncle Ramon. You know? <laughs> you know. So I got a question, and I got to ask, what does delayed gratification mean to you? Um, that is such a great question. And I'm like so happy that you asked that on your podcast, you know, um, cause I am big on delayed gratification, mm. you know? Um, uh, but to me, when I hear it and when you ask me like, what does that mean to you? You know, um, it means, um, patience to me, you know, um, and instant gratification, you know, um, is great for those, um, who are like microwaves and want everything now, now, now. Um, but I find the true rewards are in the delayed gratification, which is the transfer of wealth is from the impatient to the patient, you know, um, Ooh, you said a lot. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I so, like that one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I'm big on, you know, um, you know, creating short term goals, um, in the now, mm -hmm. right. Um, to be able to take care of my long-term goals in the end. Wow. So patience is big with patience is big. Yes. Listen, how do, when they're watching this and listening to this, how can they get in touch with you? Um, all my social medias, Tarika Lynn Smith. That's so easy. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> Tarika Lynn Smith. I forgot one thing and I, I I'm not going to go. You have a board game. Yes, I do. I do. We have it. Yes. We have. And I mm -hmm. bought it for a couple of people as gifts. Mm -hmm. What made you come up with a board game? Oh, um, God. 
had a dream um, of me standing at the top of a mountain. Um, and mm. I was so successful at the top of this mountain. Like I was so successful. But then I looked down and I left everybody at the bottom because I was so focused on getting to the top. Um, and I was like, okay, how can I help as many people if I'm only one person? I can't help that many people. Um, but what if I can show them kind of like the ropes of what I did to get started and make it interesting where the families can join in? And I woke up from the dream. I took out my notebook. I drew it. Um, and then we, I called my business partner. I said, hey, I want to create a board game. He said, you're crazy. I said, I know, but let's do it. Um, and you know, we put up $20,000 and created the board game. Is it, can we go buy it now? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, um, you can go to, um, um, I don't know the website. I forgot. Developersboardgame.com maybe. Okay. I think it's something like that. So, but if we follow you. Yes. We can. It's in my store. It's in the store. Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. Yes, absolutely. You can tell I'm not a salesperson. Not like that. Like it's it's online. It's somewhere out there. It's somewhere. Just follow you. Yeah, it's probably yeah. I mean that that in itself. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) and it's a great game. Yeah. So I I I not many people can beat it. I did it as a course though. So really, it's a curriculum in a box. So it don't end easy. Most people give up. Yeah. Most people will quit and never end it. (laughs) But I can end it in thirty minutes. Can you? Now, now we got to sit down and play the game. We're gonna have to have. I'm a, not gonna teach you though how to end it. No, but minutes. but if I see you do it in 30 minutes, that means I'm gonna learn. But then no, but then that I means I'm giving you away. I'm giving it away. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a developers' night. Yes, absolutely. And play the game. That's right. With some good fun food, real food, flavorful. Food. And make sure you got a few hours because I'm not gonna take the shortcut. Oh, do the kids know the shortcut? No. They don't? My daughter, my oldest daughter, she beat me twice, but she's a genius. She a different type of <laughs> human. Listen, Terika, thank you for coming on. We got it's so much thank that, you for having that, me. that that I mean, you're so inspirational. Like I just gotta say it. I gotta give you your flowers today. Thank you. I'm gonna give you something tomorrow. I'm gonna give you something <laughs> another day. Right. But this is your true blessing. Thank and you. And this industry needs you. The world needs you. So again. Thank you for being on. Um, Thanks for having me. You're so kind, Ramon. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Delayed Gratification Podcast. Listen, this has been a lot of gems and a true blessing. You know, as I say, I love y'all. See y'all on the next episode.